Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're gonna deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today I'm really pleased to have with me Chala Dinkoy with me on the line. She is the CEO and founder of The Repositioning Experts, who fixes elevator pitches for B2B CEOs to sell to more jaded corporate buyers. So we're going to talk all about elevator pitches today. Chala, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And I especially enjoy your teddy bear branding in the back. (laughs) For those that can't see it, I have a teddy bear here on the home office. We call him Jeffy Bear. So, you know, he's become a great addition to the show. Chala, tell me a little bit about being a repositioning expert. Yes, sir. Well, when I used to work at large, large corporations like Pepsi, Pizza Hut, Frito-Lay, we launched new brand extensions, lines of new products every year. And we had to make sure they all sold, you know, on the same shelf or on your shelves. We did the whole research to figure out, well, how do we position each different one? Because some of them were very similar. I mean, Pepsi, similar, you know, vodka. I worked for Smirnoff doesn't have a taste or smell. So how do you sell the same thing? Well, it's called repositioning. And that's what I do for businesses. Like, let's say I had a wealth advisor who I repositioned into and who couldn't, you know, get arrested, couldn't even sell to anyone. I repositioned her into divorcingwoman.ca, helping divorcing women figure out how to live the same lifestyle after the divorce through helping them with their money matters. So that's what repositioning is. And then people were running after her instead of her chasing them. You know, that's amazing. So basically, you're taking someone who is doing some kind of commodity type career, like a financial planner. There are millions of those. A mortgage broker. There are millions of those. You know, like food products. There are millions of those, right? How do you differentiate yourself in the midst of all that noise of all these other people trying to gain the same type of exposure that you're after, right? You know, but Jeff, there, I mean, try to think. And I love how you put you you put your you know finger on all the most painful industries there but try to think of any industry that doesn't have competition well if it doesn't have competition it's not interesting it's not even an industry right so i help it companies i have i mean mostly services like products they have to differentiate themselves but it services you don't even have anything to show them how are you going to sell yourself it's all in how you describe what you do and that's where the elevator pitch comes in let's talk about your one big tip let's talk about this elevator pitch We see this so many times on Shark Tank, the Dragon's Den, you know, when everyone's talking about, oh, yeah, you got to get your elevator pitch right. There is actually both an art and a science to it, right? I mean, it's not easy to perfect. What is your take on the elevator pitch? Okay, so I'm going to give you no fluff. I'm just giving you the formula right here. The formula is who you help. And when I say who, I want you to pick for my clients. I want them to pick either if they're B2B, an industry, if they're B2C, an interest group, like divorcing women. There were 22 meetup groups in Toronto alone. 
That's an interest group. So people who self-gather. So step number one, the formula is who you help, what industry or interest group, then uh, what problem you solve for them. That's the most expensive problem, either painful or expensive. And then what you do to solve it. That's it. So I can give you an example here. I'll do mine. You ready? Did you know that three out of four business owners never get asked for their business card or an appointment after they introduce themselves to their prospects? Well, what I do is I fix what they're saying so that every hello turns into a meeting. Make sense? Okay. That makes sense. How do you implement that though? That's not just me forcing my business card off of everyone that I meet on the bus or in the subway or, you know, however I'm meeting people. How do you turn that into something that's actionable? For example, I'm not just talking about going to a uh, networking event, right? In a networking event, you're expected to be passing out business cards and things like that. But if you want to be more memorable, you don't want to be like that guy that's just selling instead of listening. How do you overcome something like that in order to get your elevator pitch heard over all the noise of everything else that's happening in that networking group? So an elevator pitch is used when your prospect is somehow in front of you and asking you, what is it that you do? And this could be in the context right now today on Zoom, where there is virtual networking and there's virtual conferences, and then there's virtual procurement opportunities where you're meeting with a buyer. And I've been in all three situations in the last couple of weeks, all virtual. If it's not virtual, it's in person. And so if it's a prospect asking you, what is it that you do, then you know, even in a Zoom room, they understand what you do and they have that problem they are 100% sure to ask for some sort of contact number or contact way to talk to you. That's what I mean by they'll always either ask for your card if you're in person or they'll ask for a meeting. They'll say, we need to meet. And it happens to me all the time because I'm always networking with my prospects. I never network. Like who needs an elevator pitch if you're going to talk to your aunt? Mm -hmm. So what's interesting about your take on the elevator pitch is that you're super niching down into that pain point that you want to help resolve for the other person. You're using it as your hook in order for you to tell your story in order to make an offer. Russell Brunson talks about this a lot, hook story offer, right? What are some ways that we can improve on the formula that you just gave where, you know, I serve industries to do why? Right. So really focusing and here's the steps to do it. So first you blue sky everything, write down every industry, every interest group that you can help. And then you list all of the problems you can help them solve. And then you rate them on a scale of one to 10 for fit for yourself, your, you know, background interest skill set. Then you rate for how much money they can give you and how much money you can make solving that problem with that group. And then the third one is access to the decision maker. So you add up all the scores and then numbers don't lie and they tell you, okay, and that's a gut check with the back of the envelope because you're doing it. What the second step is, is you go and you ask people and actual people who are check signers in those industries or interest groups, whether your assumptions are true, what is the most painful problem that's causing them money or heartache? And then would they pay whatever you charge and what would need to happen for them to hire you? And you find out very quickly by just talking to, we talked to only five people in each different industry and we only talked to really three industries who wants you what their problem is, and how much they'll pay. And then at the end, to cherry on top, we ask, would you like a strategy session around that problem? No charge, no strings attached. Always turns into a sale. And it's not meant to. It's just to try to get information. But this is, I just gave you the whole formula of what I teach. 
Okay, that's really amazing. So when you talk about giving the strategy session, this is just you breaking down a little more of the formula of of what it is this particular company is experiencing and how they can overcome it? Like, like what are the mechanics of that strategy call? The strategy session, I use it like a light sales conversation. So the sales conversation model that I teach is what is the vision around what you do that they want? And what is the obstacle to getting to the vision? And what is the cost and the consequence of not getting the vision? And then what is the example that you can show them by telling them, asking them, is it okay if I show you how I think I can help? And then you have a three, four step process where you take them through, this is how I would help you. And then at the end of the five step process, you ask them, do you think this would help? And then if they say yes, then you go, well, what are the next steps? And then they say, well, you give us a quote or a price and then, you know, you work it out then. So, and then if they say, you know, no, I don't think this would fit us. Then you go back and you say, well, which part of this didn't fit for you? So that's what the strategy session is. And that's what what I teach. And that always turns into some form of interest, because if in the information that they were giving you during that research phase, they've expressed a pain and they've expressed an interest in meeting again around the pain, you can bet that that pain is hurting them. And they're looking for a solution for that pain. And you're in front of them. You're talking to them about the pain. And then you're telling them about how you've solved the pain for someone else with this process. And then you're clarifying. That's the strategy part is you're clarifying, making it clear for them what their vision is and what is going to hit the fan. How much is it going to cost them if that vision or that obstacle to the vision is never overcome? I mean, you could do it around any any problem, any industry, or even, you know, B2C, um, even if you're doing like weight loss, what's going to happen if you never lose the weight? You can do it around health. You can do it around anything, really. So it's to get them in touch with that whole pain and pleasure and to position yourself as the vehicle between the two. Make sense? Amazing advice. I love it. Basically, you just broke it down into something that's really easy to play with, you know, and easy to bring to the forefront is is really what it's all about. I mean, companies and service providers really do need to be on top of what pain point they're resolving for people. And you'd be surprised how many times they're not, right? Especially, you know, like when you get them on the phone or even the ones that start sending you LinkedIn messages incessantly, right? You're just like, all right, dude, like, you know, like you didn't touch on my pain point. You didn't touch on my thing. Like, all right, that's not going to work for me. So once we figure out the niche, the rest of the time that I work with my clients is all about incorporating that positioning and that niche into the messaging. And one of the things you said was emails, right? Sales emails, LinkedIn emails, social media, you know, social selling. If it's not based on the pain, to your point, 70% of humans purchase based on pain. Only 30% purchase to improve something. If you're advertising or whatever your messaging is, is talking about, I improve your life, it's never going to be as effective as I'm going to save your life rather than I improve your life. Because humans are constantly looking for danger. Psychologically and biologically, we are wired to listen for danger. And that's why when you talk about danger to them, and you're specific about the danger, and you're specific about them, and they love to hear about themselves, then you're in. Match made in heaven. I love it. Very cool. Chala, can you please let people know how they can uh, reach out to you to learn more about what it is that you do and how they can contact you directly if they'd like to learn more? Absolutely. I have a private Facebook group called the B2B CEO Society. So you can become a member there at repositioner.com. So it's repositioner.com slash society. 
And you can reach me through there. And we have tons of trainings and programs and interviews. I interview lots of B2B CEOs there. And we talk about their you know, pain points around messaging. And they talk about their own businesses and meet each other. It's really a great space for those of you who are selling B2B. Chala, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to break this down. I mean, you really made elevator pitch sound, sound pretty easy. You know, I can't wait to share this with everyone else. So, Thanks, Jeff. 